Welcome to Entrepreneur Conundrum with Virginia Purnell, where growing entrepreneurs share how they get visible online. Hi, everyone. Today, I'm talking with Nancy Badijo about how she helps entrepreneurs create a thriving business and life. Nancy has been in the digital space for 12 years, helping small business owners build and scale their businesses by leveraging the power of online marketing. With a focus on e-commerce coaching, as well as content creation, she is able to provide her clients with valuable expertise from startups all through growth stages, making sure they're equipped with everything they need so that success can thrive. If you're serious about creating full-time income with your passion so you can spend more time with the people you love and enjoy the freedom of being an entrepreneur, Nancy can help. Nancy's a CEO, Etsy coach, YouTuber, blogger, and digital marketing expert. Welcome, Nancy. Oh, thank you for the great introduction. I think that's the best introduction I've ever gotten. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad I could do that for you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for having me as well. I'm excited to have you here with us today. Your story seems, I want to say really incredible, but also one that's relatable Mm -hmm. on different levels. Mm -hmm. So would you be able to tell us like a little bit about yourself, like how you kind of got to where you are today? Of course. Thank you for asking. Yeah, I think it's really crucial that I share not only the good, but the bad as well, because it's very realistic, like you said, or relatable to other people. When I originally started with the digital space, it was through the hardship that I went through. In 2007, I purchased my first home. I was young. I was like 24 at the time. At that time was when the recession hit. And by 2009, my job at the moment where I was working at Bally's, it was a health club, went through bankruptcy. I was going to school full time. I was going to DePaul University and I had to quit my my school to get three jobs to try to save my home because I went from making six figures a year working at a gym to making about $15,000 a year because of the recession and everything that hit. So I had to get like three jobs trying to save my home. I ended up losing my home. I ended up going through bankruptcy or filing bankruptcy as well because I had a lot of credit card debt, et cetera. And that's kind of how it began. I started researching out of desperate needs, how to make money online. I knew there were people that made money online. I just didn't know anyone personally back then. It had, you know, you knew of people, you heard of it, but you didn't really know of anyone, anyone. As, as you do now, there's so many people now, but I started researching online and it's crazy because I kind of fell in love with it. So I started researching the first few years. I didn't really make any money. If I'm quite honest, I was all over the place. I'm mo- mostly self-taught. So I taught myself how to do a lot of stuff. One minute I was creating blogs and flipping them and selling them. One minute I was doing affiliate marketing. The next minute I was doing how to create a website. The next minute I was a freelancer. The next minute I was trying to eBay and I was all over the place. And the minute that I niched down, that's kind of like when my business took off. But it started out of desperate need of how to make money online. I still lost everything because I didn't make enough to save my home. But I still lost everything, went through bankruptcy, went through years of trying to teach myself all of this stuff, got regular job doing a side hustle on the side, doing my full time until eventually, you know, I made money with um, the digital space. But that's kind of how it started. Started with a hardship, basically. (laughs) (laughs) It always seems to be that's where most of our growth comes from, is from those hardships. Definitely. I totally agree with you. So when you said that you had went like from 
different things to different things. Like I just thought of kind of like the shiny object syndrome. Was it hard for you to like put those blinders on and just focus on that one niche that you settled Mm -hmm. on? Yeah. I mean, you know, I always tell people you either win or learn. So those experiences, even though they kind of pushed my success level a little bit back because I was all over the place, got me where I'm at today. And I know a lot more because of them. However, they did delay my success because like you said, I was the shiny syndrome. Like I would see someone do this. I'm like, oh, let me try that. And I would see someone do this. Oh, let me try that. So by being all over the place or having a blog where I talked about how to make money online, but I wasn't concentrating on a specific area. I was like all over the place. I couldn't build an audience. I couldn't build credibility. I couldn't get authority within a niche because I was all over the place. And what's weird or what's funny about it is, Virginia, is that I knew this. I knew that I need to niche down. I would tell people, like I, I would tell people, hey, you need to niche down. I worked. I even went back to school and got my bachelor's and my master's in business with a minor in marketing because I knew if I can't make money online enough to quit, I want to make this my full-time job because I love it. That's how much I love that. I, I even changed careers, even though I was going to school previously for something else. I knew I needed to niche down. I would give that advice to other people. I actually helped businesses grow. I worked for Mercedes-Benz. I worked for a digital company for five years. I knew these things. But sometimes you either self-sabotage yourself, like you know you're supposed to do these things, but you don't necessarily follow through with it. But definitely, I learned a lot, but definitely did delay my success because I was all over the place. For those who are listening that might have, let's say that shiny object syndrome or might have that fear of niching down and sticking to it, do you have any advice to share? Yes, I think the biggest thing that I hear all the time, especially now, and I think for, for me, it was the same thing, but I didn't really understand it back then, or maybe I didn't think about it. A lot of people feel like if they niche down, that they're not going to grow. They feel like if I niche down, I'm not going to be able to sell. And it's actually the opposite. It's far from the truth. If you niche down, it helps you build credibility, helps you stand out in a specific niche market. It's going to help you grow, stay focused. The minute that I did that, because how I started my exit career was another project. When I got engaged in 2014, one of my friends was like, you need to shop on Exy. They have wedding stuff. I've never heard of them before. I'm not a crafty person. So I've never like even shopped there before. So I went in there and I ended up buying like digital products from a lady. I ended up buying like a wedding sign, a couple other things. And I remember to, I remember saying to myself, oh, I could do this. I could open a store selling digital products. Let me do that as a case study. Another project, right? Another shiny thing. And I did it. And my first year on Etsy, I made about 21,000. And that's kind of what I was like, oh, okay. I turned something that I did originally to make money as another project. It turned into a passion. But the minute that I said, okay, this kind of took off. Let me niche down and focus on Instead of being all over the place and being a blogger, a content creator, this, 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 let me be an XC coach and use the experiences that I have to help people grow their online business because I knew how to do it. I did it for other companies. I just didn't do it for my own self because I wasn't focused. But the minute I did that and niched down, that's when my business actually grew. Before that, it really didn't. So a lot of people feel like if I niche down, I can't, I can't grow. It's the opposite. You actually grow faster. And once you are more established and people get to know you and you have an audience, you could definitely pivot and start adding 
other avenues to your business as well. It's just in the beginning, if you're more focused and you're more niche down, it's just so much easier to get clarity on who you are, on your niche, on your brand, on your mission, on what you do. It's so much easier to sell yourself online versus trying to, you know, market yourself to everyone. Not everyone is your customer. Yeah. As much as we might not want to hear that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So who is your ideal client now? So my ideal client right now are Etsy sellers and pretty much anyone like small business or e-commerce that want to learn how to use digital marketing, um, wants to learn how to sell online, whether it's on Etsy, maybe on Shopify or their own website. Because a lot of my content, even like on my YouTube channel, even if you even if you don't have like an Etsy store, you can actually listen to the content and use that towards your Shopify or towards your own website if you're selling products from your website. So my ideal customer um, is an Etsy seller or someone on, on e-commerce. How do they find you? Like what do you, what marketing strategies do you use to get in front of them? Well, I think anyone could do this or, or everyone should do this. What you want to do to make yourself like an authority within your niche is the first thing you want to do is provide value, especially when you're starting out. If you don't have a following, you don't have a presence, the fastest way to grow your authority online, doesn't matter what you do, is by providing value. My first year as an Exe coach, well, not my first year, actually, my first three years, and now it's turning into four or five years, but my first three years, I did three years straight of free critiques. I did about 160 videos where I did free critiques. I think all of them are anywhere from 30 to an hour long for free. I didn't charge anyone. And I built credibility by doing that. So I would offer Etsy sellers, hey, I'll do a critique of your store and publish it on my YouTube channel. So I'm building connections with people. And then other people that are watching these videos is building credibility. If you want to establish yourself and you want to find your people, the first thing you want to do is one, provide a lot of value online, know your target audience, know what problem you're solving for them, and create a solution to that problem and always provide valuable content. So therefore, when they're searching for that problem and they come across your content and they digest all of the content that you provide on a consistent basis, eventually you'll go from someone that they don't really know to someone that they they feel like you are an established person in that niche, that you are an authority when it comes to Etsy or you're an authority when it comes to podcasts or you're an authority when it comes to growing Instagram, whatever you sell online. It's amazing how much providing value goes such a lot, like free value goes so far, like goes such a long way, hey? Oh yeah, it, it really does. I mean, it, it makes a huge difference because for, and even now I still try to provide as much content. If you go to my YouTube channel, it's a little crazy, but I, I think I'm the only person from the Etsy field that has so many videos, like every other competitor of mine have like 60 videos, 50 videos. I have like 780 videos. Mind (laughs) you, 160 of those were all these free critiques. I do all these challenges. I provide so much value, so much free content that it's just, if you go there, you just be like, wow, like so much to, to watch, so much to grow. You can use all of the information to grow your business or any side hustle that you're doing. But The value is so important, especially in the beginning when you're establishing yourself. You can't 
use social media as a billboard to sell your products without providing value. You have to provide value and then your products will sell themselves. So true. Mm -hmm. So what are a couple of your big goals that you have over the next one to two years? Some of the goals that I have is that I'm trying to transition to possibly or not possibly, I'm going to do this, become a transformational speaker. That's originally where I want to take my career to. And then I'm also making sure that I'm taking everything that I'm learning, creating systems and processes to make everything smoother. That's been something that I've been learning the last year a lot is how to make my business grow on autopilot so I don't overwhelm myself with doing so many things. And so my business could kind of thrive on its own, even the days that maybe I need to take a day off or so. And I guess for me, the biggest thing is how can I transition from still being an exe coach, still helping small business owners, but also transitioning to becoming a transformational speaker. How would those goals change your business? I think achieving those goals, I think the only thing that would change if I was to become a transformational speaker and it kind of took off, how that would change my business would be that I would need to probably create more content on more motivational, inspirational, how to change your life, how to have a, a great mindset. So I will have to create more of those type of videos or those type of content and possibly even take it one step further by creating some sort of product that helps people go from maybe where they're at right now stuck to having this mindset that they could achieve anything that they want. I think that's where what would change a little bit. I love the digital space so much and digital marketing. So I don't think I will ever really stop creating content for that. It's something that I'm very passionate, but I think that I would just have to combine that with the transformational speaking and kind of pivoting a little bit more, opening my, my niche a little bit more compared to when I started, it was very niche down just to Etsy sellers. So that would be the biggest difference. It's just I'm pivoting a little bit more to different avenues of content that I will need to create and products as well. What do you feel like is like your biggest roadblock from maybe stopping you from getting those goals? I think my biggest roadblock is the imposter syndrome that you get. And I think that from looking at people that are more successful than me, it doesn't really ever go away. There's even people that I admire that have done so much more than me and they still talk about it. They still say it creeps on them and it really does creep on me as well. So having that imposter syndrome, feeling like maybe you're not good enough because of your background or the hardships that I have gone through when I was younger, I think that's the, the main thing. But what I try to do is that regardless of how long it might take me because of what I do know or don't know, or regardless of my past or regardless of how I feel, I still push through it, but I still, it's okay to acknowledge it. And it's okay to tell people, Hey, this is how I feel because I feel like there's other people out there that feel the same way, but the difference is that they don't take action. They feel the same way like I do, but they don't take action. The difference with me is that I feel the same way, but I take action. And then that action actually turns into something great. So that is the only roadblock that I really see myself having 
that is something that I've gotten so much better with time. And I hopefully with more time will get better and and eventually maybe it'll go away. I'm not sure if it'll completely go away. But I think that's the biggest roadblock that I see for myself. And I think as you were talking about that, I was like, it almost seems like that imposter syndrome, you might be able to equate it as like, like a conscience type of thing, like Jiminy Cricket. Because <laughs> yeah. so many people that I've talked to have have that or that like that's something that they deal with, but they're still like the expert in their field. They still know, like they know what they're doing. They know what they're talking about. They're still successful. Exactly. Exactly. And that's why I, I always tell people like when they like, I want to do something, but I just feel like I'm not good enough or, I, or I'm scared or have fear. I'm like, that's okay to feel those things because I would be lying if I tell you I don't feel those things. However, don't let that paralyze you. Don't let that stop you from doing or starting or taking the baby step or whatever it is. Don't let that stop you because you don't know what will happen once you do it. I mean, when I started my my YouTube channel, my if you go back to my old videos, I never show my face. I was pregnant at the time as well. Every video I did was a screen share. I think I have like five videos. Maybe I showed my face. And it was because I'm an introvert. I didn't want to be in camera. I didn't want my, my face on the thumbnail. And it was that one step I took. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to record the screen and talk and kind of go from there. And it was just that baby step that I needed. And now I talk on camera and I have my pictures everywhere. And it does make a huge difference connecting with people when they see you versus on the screen, on the back of the screen, they just hear your voice. But it's just taking that step. Once you take that step, you'll still feel the same way. But the more you do it, obviously, the more comfortable you get, your confidence does grow. And eventually, even if you feel that way, you'll be able to tackle more things because you did A, B, and C, and it actually worked out really well for you. Or you learned a lot from it, et cetera. So I totally agree with you. There's so many people that I know, even more successful than me, that feel the same way. They have that, that imposter syndrome feeling that creeps in from time to time, but they're still doing their thing. They don't let it paralyze them. Yeah, what you do with that fear. So along your journey and life and stuff, what has been the best advice that you have received? That's a good one. I guess the best advice is a quote that I use all the time is that you don't have to be great to start but you have to start to be great. That was like the best advice I got from one of my mentors. And he was telling me, you know, your first video is going to suck. Your first blog post is going to suck. Photo that you take of your product is going to suck. The first podcast is going to (laughs) suck. Whatever you do the first time, the second time, and it takes time to craft that skill. And over time, you'll start seeing progress. You start getting better, but you have to start to be great. If you never start, you never get there. Right? How do you expect to be perfect if you never practice? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So what's the best advice you've ever given? I think it's the one that I mentioned earlier. You either win or learn. A lot of people feel like, oh, I did this business for six months. It was just a waste of time. And I'm like, it's never a waste of time. In six months, you probably learn a lot about running a business that you never did before. Whatever you do in life, Either you win or learn. That's it. There's no failure. Everything has some type of valuable insight. So I always tell people adversity has a lot of valuable insight. So look at your adversities, whatever it is, personal or business. And I guarantee you there's something there that you could learn from, grow from, or use on your next 
adventure or endeavor or whatever you're doing at that moment. So adversity has a lot of valuable insight. I think that's probably the best advice I could give anyone. You either win or learn, but there's no failure. They, they start a business and it takes off for them, but not everyone is going to take off. You know, it's the exception. And then some people you see the business take off, but what you don't know is that they were doing this for the last 10 years and it just took off after nine years like me. <laughs> so <laughs> you like, exactly. There's no overnight success with the exception of some people. Right. But it doesn't always work that way. A lot of times they've been doing this for a long time. They have failed <laughs> a lot. And then finally they found something that worked for them. So either win or learn. Yeah. I tell my daughter that too, like when she gets like her math wrong or something like that. And she's so upset because she always strives for that hundred percent. And it's like, well, it's okay that you made a mistake. Do you understand where you got it wrong or why you got it wrong? And then you can avoid that or, or remember that part next time. Exactly. I love that. I love that you're teaching her that now is so important because like I've never, when I was younger, never anyone tell me stuff like that. And as an adult, I had to come almost like be my own person to rally myself up and, and say, it's okay, just keep going, just keep going. But if I feel like if you instill that on kids at an early age, by the time that they get older, they're able to handle things like this, especially when something doesn't go their way. So that's amazing that you're doing that as of now when they're, when they're small. So true, right? Prepping them for, for oh. later on, giving them good skills they can use. Exactly. Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you would like to share with us? I guess for anyone that's listening right now, if you are starting out on a bis- a small business, whether it's on Etsy, maybe on your own website, if you need any help with it, I have so much free resources. If you head over to my blog, nancybadijo.com, I have tons of free resources that you could use to grow your business. And I feel like I'm one of those people that provides so much for free that you could literally just go to my blog or go through my YouTube channel and grow business with all of the videos that I provide. So for anyone listening that might need help, but maybe in a budget or don't have the funds to pay for a mentor, I have tons and tons of free content that you could consume for sure. Thank you so much for being with us today, Nancy. Can you tell us where people can go to learn more about you and what you do? Yeah, of course. You guys could head over to my blog, nancybadijo.com. Once you go there, I have all of my social media links there. I have my contact information and I have everything that I provide for small business owners. So that will be the place to go to where you could find anything and everything about me. Great. Well, thank you so much for being with us today and we will catch up soon. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you again, guys. Thank you, Virginia. Thank you so much for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe and leave some love through a review. And I'll catch you on the next episode.